Welcome to another episode of The Football Show. I'm your host, Lance Cartelli. Joining me today, as always, is Ian Wharton. Ian, how's it going? It's good, man. We're just about 29 hours out or so from when the first pick will be announced, which will probably take an extra 30 minutes from when the pick is actually submitted. So I'm looking forward to the 10-minute timer actually taking about 17 minutes per pick, (laughs) which is just a beautiful part of the draft. So I'm excited. Yeah, Merry Draft, Miss. Uh, on today's episode, we're obviously going to be talking about the draft. We'll get into some of our favorite prop bets, some bold predictions for the, the three-day event. But before we get into that, I wanted to get your opinion on the biggest news in the NFL right now, the Debo Samuel situation. He's requested a trade from the 49ers and could get dealt as early as this weekend. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Should the 49ers give in to Debo's trade demands? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think that they have the flexibility kind of moving forward to pay him. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a tough rope because I think that he is the most valuable to them. I don't think he's as valuable to another team just because of how he's used in the system. Um, they also kind of have to figure out um, exactly you know, does he want to carry the ball as much. If he does not, that affects his value. Um, if he wants to, then or if he's open to it, then maybe he should get paid a little bit more. Uh, to kind of compensate for that beating that he takes as far as the value that they can get for him, that plays a factor too. I mean, I don't think the jets would offer the fourth pick if they offer the 10th pick, you know, maybe that's more interesting. Ideally the point of the Kyle Shanahan offense is that a lot of these guys are replaceable that you can kind of plug and play similar type of players. Obviously the offense would change quite a bit. So a lot of it, it there's a lot of factors here. I, I probably wouldn't pay him top of the receiver market money. Right now, I wouldn't pay him as much as I pay Tyreek Hill. I don't think he's that type of receiver, um, but he does bring that type of value to San Francisco. So when he carries the ball, too. So it's a tough call. It, it just kind of depends on the offers. I'm generally team talent over team draft pick. Uh, but this is a complex one because I think he's kind of on the fringe of like really good receiver, but like great playmaker as opposed to great receiver, great playmaker. Yeah, uh, that, you really answered my next question is, is he worth the Tyreek Hill money? Because that's what he's looking for. He's looking for more than $72 million guaranteed. And from everything I've read, the Niners just don't value him that way, and I don't blame them. I think they want to pay him for two years. I think they want to give him like 40 to $50 million guaranteed, but not in the $70 million guaranteed. So it really right. comes down to the, the trade package. So you think, are the Jets the best landing spot if, if it all comes down to it? Or who do you think should trade for Debo? Yeah, I actually don't. I think Baltimore would be a really good fit. Um, and I don't, again, like, I don't know what's realistic because you can kind of make the money work wherever you go. Um, I think Philadelphia is probably a better fit too. Um, I don't think the Jets are a great fit because I don't think Zach Wilson's really a great prospect. You know, I think he's okay, but that's an offense that has to prove that they can be competent beyond just even themselves, like, let alone factoring in, like, how do you best use Devo? Um, Minnesota might be interesting depending on what they want to do with Adam Thielen too. So I think that would be, you know, if they want to kind of build for the future, that probably makes more sense for them to pivot away from Thielen. I mean, really he fits a lot of these teams I and mean, even like the saints, if they can make the money work, some of it just depends. Like, are you going to trade him to a contender in your NFC? Probably not. So um, he makes sense to a rebuilding team. He definitely makes sense for a team like Detroit, uh, Atlanta, depending on the, the draft compensation that goes back to. So, you know, that he's a better player than they, those teams can probably get in this year's class. It's just if it takes a first round pick plus, probably can't do it. 
if it's just a first round pick, that might make more sense. So especially, you know, not for Atlanta, Atlanta probably can't give up more than, you know, maybe their first rounder. And I don't even know if they'd want to do that. Yeah. It sounds like the Jets are willing to give up 10 plus, but yeah, I, I can't see many other teams giving up more than that. Uh, and it sounds like they want just the godfather offer of two firsts. I don't see anybody doing that. I think the Lions would be interesting. If you're going to keep them in the NFC, you send them to Detroit, and then they have the 32nd pick and the 34th pick, among other things. I think that's interesting. It, but the Jets offer of if it's 10, 35, and 38, and maybe something else, like no one's going to beat that. So I, right. I, I think that's probably where he does land. But I think I think – the Eagles would be a lot of fun just because if you put him together with a, a running quarterback, like the possibilities are endless. So I think him and Hertz being combined, like, it's just like if he stays him and Lance combining will be just so fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, I just, if I'm looking at it from Debo's perspective, like obviously you need to get your money and you, you want to maximize your value. There's no question of that. It's just, you have to look at your longevity and your long-term ability to, uh, succeed. I, I just really worry that if he goes to, you know, the wrong situation that he's looking at a, a spot where two, three years in that contract, it, the deal looks like an albatross. Whereas if you're staying with Lance, you're staying with, uh, with Sh- Shanahan, they know how to use you. You're going to continue to be fed like a star, unless if you're really concerned about your body breaking down, which is a fair concern. It, I just think you're already in the perfect spot. Like it, it, the grass isn't always greener. And sometimes it make, make, might make more sense to take a little bit of less money up front to make more money long term. Yeah, that's why the trade request is so confusing. But it, so it has to be about money. And so I don't yeah. blame him if he knows through back channel. It's kind of like how Tyreek Hill got traded. He knew there was that 72 million guaranteed. So I think Debo knows he's got that big fat contract out there. So he'll leave a perfect situation for that. And it also sounds like he just doesn't like Santa Clara and California. He just yeah. had a kid uh, recently, so he probably wants to be closer to his child, too. So being on the East Coast uh, makes sense. And if I'm the Niners, like, he's had one year of elite production. He's had those lower leg injuries. He is so heavy because he's built like a running back that he puts so much pressure on his legs and his feet that he's already broken his foot. So uh, I I would check to see what's out there. I, it's obviously, you don't want to trade away talent, especially when you're trying to make Trey Lance, uh, you know, his transition to starter much easier, but I think the jets are motivated buyers and they're probably a little more desperate than anybody else right now. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the scary part. I think for the jets is like, they are coming off as desperate. I mean, I don't blame them for getting involved in these discussions, but like Hill and Debo are drastically different players. And you're kind of just showing that you're willing to throw money at the next best thing that comes available for decent reason, I mean, I understand you need to win, but it's a little bit concerning. Like, do these guys actually fit within the offense? Do you actually have the ability to cater to their skill sets? Because their skill sets are drastically different. So I'd be a little bit worried if I'm a Jets fan going into this draft to be like, are we just going to, you know, take the top name available at 4 or 10 at receiver, especially at 10? Or do we actually have a plan how to use these guys and maximize them? Yeah, I think the one thing, if I'm a Jets fan, that would make me feel better is they're running the Shanahan offense. So right they will obviously try to emulate that. But he also said that he doesn't really want to, I mean, he hasn't said that, but the reports are that he doesn't really want to keep going with the the wide back role. So it's going to be interesting. That's where his value really comes from. So I think once he gets 
that big contract, I think he'll be fine going back to that role, but he's got to get that big contract first. And he's going to get it from either the Niners or somebody else. So I think that's where he's at right now. Let's, uh, let's you know, we're talking about the the Jets and, you know, what they're willing to give up. Let's get into some prop bets for our, our favorite prop bets for the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, I'll start with my favorite one. Number nine overall on DraftKings, you can pick ex- who that pick will be. I think Kayvon Thibodeau at plus 1,200 is uh, an amazing value right there. Sounds like Thibodeau's dropping from all the reports, and I don't think he gets past Seattle. What do you think of that one? Yeah, I agree. I think it was, like it was, a, I think it was Peter King's mock. He went like 13th or something crazy, and he, he had said something that was like, you know, I asked an evaluator about that fit at that spot, and the evaluator said that would be a coup for him. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit it is because it's not going to happen. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he, even with, like, the personality concerns, he's a top five talent in this class. Like, and you look at all the need for pass rushers, he's, he might fall a little bit, but he also might go number two. So I, I do like to buy his potential fall. I think especially at that value it makes a lot of sense. Um, but it's not – going to go further like he fits Pete Carroll's kind of like laid backness um if anyone's going to get him it's going to be Pete Carroll so yeah, I, just, I would be absolutely stunned the, if yeah I, yeah I mean they're in the Pacific Northwest and everything and they have so many holes that they're either going especially if the offensive tackles the three big offensive tackles go before nine this is a no-brainer yeah unless if they absolutely love Willis and he's somehow still there at nine, which I don't think he will. Um, that's the only other pick. Like, I don't see who else you would even take over him realistically. Well, but the worry the worry on uh, Seahawks Twitter is that they'll reach for Trevor Penning at nine if the three offense tackles are gone and Thibodeau's gone, which as a Niner fan, I would love that. Right. Right. That would be best case scenario. And that's probably a realistic, you know, play. Like, they're kind of in a no man's land potentially um, depending on how these edge rushers go and offensive tackles go. And I, I don't really foresee the, the tackles being available. Yeah. And unless they trade DK, they're really not in the market for a receiver, which would be a good spot at nine. Yeah. But yeah, if you really believe Thibodeau is going to drop, you know, if he goes to a bunch of mock drafts are on fire, but I think it sounded like Walker one and Hutchinson two. And Thibodeau's not going three, and he's definitely not going four. Um, maybe the Giants take him, but I don't think so. Uh, I don't see the Panthers taking him. The real wild card is is the Falcons at eight. That's the one worry. But other than that, I think, like like we were saying, the, he doesn't get past nine. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think my favorite um, specific um, player landing spot, kind of looking at DraftKings, um, Obviously, I mean, look, number one, the fact they're still getting minus 275 for Trayvon Walker at number one. I'm kind of surprised that it's not my favorite play. Um, But I would actually look at I'm actually surprised that they changed this. So this has updated since yesterday. So number three overall draft pick. I was going to say Derek Stingley at plus 200. Um, That was not how that was yesterday. So Stingley yesterday was not the favorite. Um, That's changed. So that's something to consider because he was going to be kind of like my little bit of a surprise pick. I definitely think they're going to take a corner there. Um, I thought the expectation was going to be Sauce Gardner, but it looks like it's going to be Stingley. Um, so I would actually move away from that. I mean, that's, that's still a good pickup at plus two hundred, but um, you know, I would take number, it. I would take it at plus two hundred 
because yeah. I mean, all the reports yesterday were that they're zeroing in on Stingley. Because yeah, yeah, I was with you. Like a lot of people thought it was sauce, and then reports came out that it's Stingley. So I would follow. You know, even though it's smokescreen season, I would still follow that. And plus two hundred, still good value, especially if we pretty much have a lock on the first two picks. Yep, definitely, definitely. Um, I would also look at I, I look at number five with the Giants, and so Charles Cross is plus one seventy five. Evan Neal has moved down to plus six hundred. I think Evan Neal's still a good value here. I'm not really sure what happened. I know that there was some talk about having a medical issue. I still think he's the best blocker in the class. I still think that he should be a guy if you're considering any offensive tackle i don't know why you wouldn't start with him he has experience at both tackle positions which fits really well with andrew thomas who's already there with the giants um he can play guard i don't know why you'd want to play him at guard at that size but you could play him at guard if you wanted to i just think that plus 600 for a guy that's very similarly graded across the board by every team is a pretty good value i mean i don't especially we saw a PFT report today um, that the injury concern that came out on him was kind of a bogus rumor that was put out there by a team, which is first of all, gross. Second of yeah, all, Bush league. Yeah. It's not cool, but also like we need to consider that. Like if that's a BS rumor, why is Evan Neal falling? I don't know. I think he has the best tape along with cross in his class. I think it's equally as likely that he would be the pick there just based off the tape and kind of fit too with what they already have. Uh, even if he's not the favorite, I think you're getting a, a really good value there. Yeah, I personally do think Cross goes at five. I think he's the second offensive tackle, even though I like Neil Moore. Yeah. The Cross kind of scares me for being in the air raid and everything. But from what I've read uh, from Giants beat reporters, they think it's Cross over Neil. But at plus 600, like you said, that's still really good value just in case, you know, it is a smokescreen. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're kind of looking for, right? It's like six to one odds, you know, it's, it's, you're just getting, you're looking for the value, looking for, you know, kind of like manipulating those, those uh, kind of like the draft wins because some of this market, I mean, this is the most volatile market that there is in sports is the draft because no one really knows. Um, yeah. That's what makes betting on it. So fun too. Um, yeah. My, uh, I, have a, I have one more of specific pick that I like uh, this one also on DraftKings, the number 10 pick. Jermaine Johnson plus a thousand. We've heard reports that the Jets would take would consider Jermaine Johnson at four. I don't think they're going to do that. But if the, if you don't think they're trading for Debo Samuel, I think Jermaine Johnson at ten makes a lot of sense as long as he's there, and I think he will be, especially if Thibodeau's dropping a nine. So we already know there's interest in him at at plus a thousand, and you know a lot of people will say that hey they're interested in taking a receiver there. But when they were offering Tyreek Hill uh, that trade offer, they were offering second rounders. So I think they will feel pretty confident they can get a receiver at 35 or 38 or trade up from 35 or 38 into the back half and take a receiver. So plus a thousand number 10 pick for Jermaine Johnson. I like that. I like that. He's actually so at number four. He is plus 400, um, which feels rich. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, because I think I think uh, the Jets go icky at number four, and they're, that's plus three fifty. So I like that at number four. Yeah, I think that's a good value too. Um, it sounds like it. I mean, from what I'd seen, I think it was like Connor Hughes or someone had reported it's gonna like they were picking between like Sauce and Johnson at four, or or I'm sorry, it'd be um, Johnson or Icky at four. 
and then looking at corner at potentially 10, which makes yeah. sense. And I, and I don't think that you take Johnson, like you said, you don't take Johnson at four. That doesn't make sense. So, yeah. and I don't the, think a corner gets to 10 either. No, I don't either. Yeah. I think Stingley probably goes. Guys. Yeah. So, cause I think Stingley, I actually think Stingley St- at eight is a decent play plus 1500 for Atlanta. Um, oh yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, Stingley goes three, like we discussed, and I think Sauce goes seven. I also think Sauce to uh, if they don't do that and they go, uh, he goes eight. I think that's good value too. Yep, yep, yep. So some of these are, are you know, again, you're you're doing your best to kind of what happens if. And look, if Houston kind of zigs, and we're expecting him to go, you know, Stingley, most logically, the corner would get like you said seven or eight, but it's gonna go. They're gonna go fast because these guys are premier guys. There's not yeah, really and there's a big drop off. Yeah, big drop Huge. off after those two. Yep. Yeah, we probably won't see another corner. I wouldn't think until. I mean, Minnesota's possible, but I, I could see them going like McDuffie. At, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, do you have any any more prop bets? What's your next best one? Um, I had I can't remember what book I saw it at, but they had one that was like Cleveland Browns first position picked it wasn't DraftKings. i just can't remember where it was but it was like first position picked and it was like i think it was a receiver at like plus it was at plus money still it was like plus like 400 or something the other day that yeah, was like a really that. good one yeah i think that it's they're probably going to resign jadavion Clowney. i don't think they're going to take a defensive tackle just based off of how they value the position i think receiver is the obvious play if you can find that line if i can try to find it again try to see where i saw it uh, I think that one makes sense. The only question is, like, what receiver? Like, I don't think Sky Moore will be there. I don't think George Pickens will be there. Um, I, so. uh, I could see Christian Watson being there. Um, yeah. Pickens, he, Pickens he only be there. Go ahead. The only thing is, like, they, he doesn't fit their mold, and they're super strict on their mold. Right. Um, that's the only thing is, like, you're trying to match up, like, who fits, and will they stretch it? This might be the year to stretch it because there's so many COVID guys that are in this class. Like, it's it's going to be hard to fit to find guys under 23 years old. It's just the nature yeah. of this class. Yeah, they might have to trade up just into that early part of the second because it really depends if you think six or seven receivers go in that first round too. Because as deep as it is, there is a drop-off after like the top eight-ish at yep. receiver. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I could see them, like you said, I think Traylon Burks would be a target for them. Yeah, and Burks, I mean, Burks could easily slip into the second the way people are talking about him. I still have him as a first-round receiver, but could see him dropping and being a, a Jets target at 35. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, if you're going to take Debo, there's no guarantee, but you could argue it would be a better value just to take Traylon Burks. Or, yeah, and that's the you offense. Know. If, you, if you're, you know, looking, if you're a Traylon Burks fan or if you're thinking about drafting him in like Dynasty, you want him to go to an offense that's like a 49ers-like offense that's going to use him in and get him in space in those kind of ways. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like you said, it's just, you know, it's almost like you're getting a refresh on the LaVisca Chenault career without yeah. as many of the injury concerns. I still like LaVisca. You know, he just needs a fresh start. And to go to one of these offenses, they'll use him right. So yep. I'm a LaVisca truther. Uh, speaking of receivers, I got a couple of receiver ones that I like. Drake London, first receiver selected, plus 250. I think, uh, I think the Falcons are zeroing in on him. Who knows what the Falcons are going to do, but I could see – him being the first receiver taken. And then if you like that, uh, then there's on DraftKings, the first receiver selected Drake London, second receiver selected Jamison Williams plus 700. 
Also, what do you think with that, I think Atlanta at eight to get London is like plus 400. Nice. So it yeah. makes, makes a lot of sense. So you compare those up. They work really well. Peter King reported that Falcons love London. Um, could be a zig. You know, it could be like that last minute thing. I, I think he actually makes, I think they make more sense to go Jamison Williams personally. Um, but London's still, I mean, I really like London. It's not, you know, it's not that he's bad. It's just skill set wise. I don't know why you'd want the two giant receivers, but, um, in today's NFL, especially with Mariota, but that doesn't really matter. Um, if you're going to connect the dots, pair those bets, double down on those bets. Cause you're getting really, really good value for those. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't even think about that, but, uh, yeah, put those two together and make some money. Uh, do you have another one that you like? I'm searching around now. There's a little bit less available today that I like. Um, yeah, that's the problem with these. You gotta, you gotta strike they are the iron top fast. a lot of these. Yeah. Um, I got a couple top. more. Uh, go ahead. If you, if you yeah. So more. yeah, just kind of like like going back to that. It's like top ten Drake London plus one hundred uh, to go in the top ten. I think that's a nice pick. Oh yeah, that's good because uh, he goes either eight or ten is my guess. Yeah, I, I like Jordan Davis at plus four hundred as well. I think he's going to go higher than what people expect. Um, and I, Seattle. I don't see him dropping past the Ravens. So I think fourteen is his floor for sure for sure i i think a team might trade up for him i think new england would make sense for them to trade up for him depending on how far they get it's just depends how much it's going to cost to trade up are they going to move like a first and second rounder for him that's probably too much i think trading up is going to be cheap because it's just not a huge draft class and or great draft class and people and the quarterbacks aren't really coveted yeah it might be like what year is that 2013 Miami moved oh, yeah. up from like 12 to three for Deion Jordan for like a third round pick. Yeah. It might be something like that. Trevor Penning plus 500 to go top 10. Um, do I think it will happen? Probably not. But all it takes is that team. And we just talked about Seattle. There yeah, is a Seattle situation would, where Seattle, Seattle would, do would do that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so, good value. Uh, those are the ones I like. I'm just kind of glancing at Alave. Well, maybe you take Olave at plus twelve hundred if you think that he's the pick at ten. Um, unlikely, I do, but I do like Olave as the second receiver drafted. Like teams love Olave, and yeah, you know, there's just enough, you know, crap to shift through to sift through for these this receiver class. Like you could have Jameson Williams as your number one receiver, your number four receiver. Same with Olave. So I think depending on the value, that's a good one. I like that one too. It's plus nine hundred on the board, so I actually really like that one. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's juicy. Um, um, Wilson at plus three fifty to be the third receiver is also kind of juicy. Yeah, I like that third or fourth receiver. I could see him. Yeah, I mean, because because it's hard because they're different styles. All these guys are different styles, um, and then the health. You have health issues with two of the guys, so that's yeah a question mark. Yeah, because if you think. You know, I I honestly think it's splitting hairs with uh, Wilson and Olave. So if you think some combination of Drake, London, Jamison, Williams go the first two, Olave could easily be the third receiver. So then Gary Wilson could end up being the fourth, and I would not be surprised. And they're all going to go in the top sixteen anyways. Right. Yeah, these guys are going to go fast. Once that once that run starts, it's going to be just a matter of picks. Yeah. Like I don't see what is it? Philadelphia's last second first round pick. I mean, there's no way these guys get past. Not no way. Very unlikely that this whole group gets past them. Um, I think Williams will go. 
Yeah, I mean, especially if London goes eight. I mean, holy crap. Like, these guys are going to go fast after that. Yeah. And I think I think Olave's floor is 16 to the Saints. Because I think if the Chargers get a chance at Olave, they'll jump at him too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of little movements. And they might not be huge. It might just be a couple of trades, like swapping fourth or fifth round picks just to jump other teams or solidify that they get the guy. But that'd be a good move for those GMs in the middle of the first to be like, hey, so-and-so is calling me. Do you want to give me a fourth round pick and you can jump three spots? It's like, man, that might work. Maybe it's a fifth round pick, but you're getting an extra asset to basically do nothing. So that, that might make sense. Yeah, I think with the amount, with how weird this first round is and with so many teams having multiple firsts, I think we're going to see a lot of movement. So I would take the over. I think the over under is like five and a half trades. I'd take the over on that one. Yeah, I would too. There's just too, uh, there's too many teams with multiple picks. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I got a couple more. First QB selected Malik Willis. Second QB selected Desmond Ritter plus 600. Hmm. Uh, I really like Malik Willis as the first quarterback taken. And, you know, I, I could see Pickett dropping. Uh, I just saw a report that the Steelers have um, Matt Corral as their second rated quarterback. So the second QB is a wild card and there's a lot of hype for Desmond Ritter. So I think that's just good value right there. I think so too. Yeah. Cause again, it goes back to like, we don't know. And, that creates the some potential value. Um, I don't know where Pickett goes. Like, that's the weird thing with him. It's like, if it's not Pittsburgh, and I don't think it will, I think Pittsburgh will move up for Willis. Um, I could see, if he, if he drops to the second, I could see a, uh, ooh, this is a good question. Um, I think Indianapolis or Washington would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah, you start looking at him as like the high floor backup situation but like in the first maybe tennessee like i think tennessee I, likes ritter that's my yeah ritter and corral are my two guesses who they like yeah but yeah and I think, finding a picket landing spot's tough and i think you should go for the value because it's it becomes a coin flip and you're all of a sudden getting six or eight to one for what is essentially a coin flip so i love it yeah uh let's see my last one top three exact order walker hutchinson stingley plus 300 um, that seems mm-hmm. like it's rounding into shape. So plus 300, that's still pretty good value. Yep. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if you're getting any value for that, when you, when we're pretty sure that that's going to be it, that's, that's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's, uh, my favorite, our favorite prop bets. Uh, we kind of talked about it, but let's get into some bold predictions. Uh, we were just talking about the Titans. So I'll kick this one off. I think my bold prediction, they draft a quarterback in the first round and it's Desmond Ritter. Okay. I like that. Um, it'd be funny for them to kind of replace Tannehill with Tannehill Light. But exactly. That's how, te- that's how teams work. That's exactly that's why how I think teams they work. like him. Yeah. Even they, like I, I saw an interview where he said that he molds his game after Tannehill. Yeah, and it which is I mean, it a weird, weird quarterback to mold your game after. But more props right. to you. Yeah. Also, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not like yeah, I'm Patrick Mahomes. It's like, well, no, you do nothing yeah. like him. Um, which we usually hear that every year, but um, I like that. I think mine would be, is that like, I think we'll see Minnesota. I think they'll like Drake Jackson a lot. I think, I think they'll trade down a little bit, especially if they can't get Jordan Davis. Uh, they'll trade down. Even if they can get Jordan Davis, I mean, they just might trade down, collect some assets, get another pass rusher. Um, Drake Jackson kind of fits that Browns uh, mold. He's 21 years old, has good production, 
Um, he's played at multiple weights, which could turn some teams off, but also I think a good staff will look at him and say, we'll have a good uh, plan for him. And he's not a guy that has a lot of first round buzz. A lot of it's like top second round, but the edge class this year really runs out quick. And I think they could trade down to like the mid twenties and probably get him. That's interesting. I haven't heard a lot of first round buzz on him. And then uh, Minnesota has, do they have two second rounders? I wonder if they could get him in that second round. Yeah. I mean, that's, this is where it's going to be weird because there's going to be weird picks. There's going to be surprising picks. Yeah. I could um, definitely see them, you know, just trade in to the back of that first round and just get that fifth year option, especially. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's going to be some wild cards there. So that that's a fun one. That is a bold prediction. Um, let's go. My next one this is a big one. I say, Two of DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel get traded on draft weekend. Oh wow! So if I had to guess, it'd be DK and Debo. Yes, I would agree. But Man, do I think it's likely? No, but it's you know you got to get you got to get spicy with these predictions. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, even I think even DK getting traded, I'd be pretty shocked. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. The Seahawks are just so weird, and I don't think they want to pay him. You know, it's just the Debo Samuel thing and AJ Brown yeah. thing. Like all these guys just want that massive contract, and I can't see Seattle paying him. No, it doesn't really make sense too. He's he's more tied to the quarterback than I think some of these other guys are. Um, I, I mean, it'd be fun. I'd love to see. I'd love to see DK with Aaron Rodgers. I just think that'd be so incredible. That, but, he, um, yeah, if he goes there or to Kansas City with Mahomes, Kansas City, like yeah, that'd oh be gosh. nuts. Uh, I, if I'm the Bills. I consider yeah. it like just because they seem to be all about this luxury and wanting to build, like build up like that would be really fun. Like any deep ball thrower, really. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially if the Bills yeah, were to add like a running back in this year's class and then it ends up like hitting. Like Brees Hall would be fun, but granted, you'd have to trade that first for DK. So, yeah, if I'm the Bills, like they have a stacked roster, but they still have huge holes at receiver and corner. Like I don't take yeah. a running back. Like just no. trade up for for Brees in mean, the second round if you like him that much. They need a second corner. They, I mean, they have they have aging safeties. Their safeties are over thirty. Um, they don't really have a great defensive tackle. Like they could use a number of things. It's a good roster, but they also need offensive line help too. So it would be insane to take a running back. Right. Um, hot okay. take for me. I think I'd say I think the Lions will take Sky Moore at thirty-two if they stay there. Okay. Uh, I like that one. He's constantly being mocked at the top of the second round at some point it's like i think someone just takes their guy and it may be kansas city it may be someone in, the, in that late first round it may be even tennessee um i think by 32 though sky Moore's hearing his name called in the first round and i was generally fading the over on receivers but it's just kind of hard to look at that value and saying like well okay we could address a need here but sky Moore's probably the better player so i just think you look at that we're receiving for they get the top of the next tier of receivers. They get their pick of them, and they also get the fifth-year option. So you're giving DJ Chark, uh, Amon St. Brown, and Sky Moore as a, as a receiving trio. It's pretty interesting. I think that has a decent upside uh, that makes the passing game a lot more electric, and it, the next quarterback can grow into that group if Chark sticks around. Yeah, they're in such a weird because they have thirty two and thirty four. So I could see them, you know, moving up from thirty two to get, potentially get a quarterback, then using yeah. thirty four to get Sky Moore or something. I, I'm, 
I'm borderline with it. I have six receivers going in the first round, uh, but I could totally see Sky Moore, you know, getting into that back part of it too. Um, yeah. Let's let's stick with uh, receivers. I, my next bold prediction is the Packers and Chiefs both don't draft a receiver in the first round. They both mm-hmm. have two first rounders. They both have uh, big holes at receiver, but I they just don't seem like teams that necessarily value the receiver like that. And they could, I think they'll be fine getting somebody in the second round. Or potentially yeah. trading for a DK or a Debo. Yeah, I think that makes sense, and it'll drive both fan bases wild. But yep. it's just their front offices. I mean, it's hard to imagine, it, especially with the Packers. But I mean, that's their mo. They'll probably take a defensive tackle, and then they'll probably take you a know, corner, a corner or a safety because they've got free agent, three free agents in that unit next year, or an offensive lineman. They need offensive line help too. So they have a bunch of needs that they need to address. George Pickens would be great there, but I mean, it's just, I, I, I think I'd be more surprised if not, if they took a receiver. Yeah. I mean, odds are one of them with the, one of those picks they will, but yeah, bold prediction on that one. I actually, I like Pickens, but I'm hearing a lot of uh, character issues with them. And I'm wondering now if he now is a second round receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny though, like the idea that an SEC playmaker has an attitude problem. Yeah. Like I'm trying to figure out why that's a surprise to anybody. And this guy was like a super huge recruit, an amazing player on the field. It's well, I'm sure like, there are some some teams that are like, we like this. So I right. definitely think Pickens, you Pickens. Yeah. I think Pickens and the Packers makes a lot of sense because you need in that offense you need a receiver that blocks, and yeah, Pickens loves that's to true. block. I would. I hope secretly. I hope he falls to forty-four, so Cleveland can get him. Because I just think he'd oh. be super freaking fun with. Oh yeah, uh, he'd be, he'd be awesome there. Yeah, I. Uh, I wouldn't mind him going to like Chicago. And they need him. Fields. Yeah, yeah, Fields. Fields need somebody. Whether it's Sky Moore, George. I don't even care. Just get the guy somebody. Yeah. Please get the guy yeah. somebody. Yeah, there. If he's with the Packers or Chiefs, like he's gonna jump up people's rankings and stuff. He's he's a fun one. So his landing spot would be really interesting. I like that so do, you, one. do you have any more hot takes? Uh, I think Philly takes Quay Walker, Key Walker, um, from Georgia. Okay. So yeah, he's getting I'm, a lot of hype at linebacker. Do you think he's? Do you think he becomes? I mean, at that point, he's probably the first linebacker off the board then over Devin yep. Lloyd. Yep, linebacker one doesn't have the same concerns as Lloyd. Doesn't have the same concerns as Dean. Um, really, physically, he's completely you know completely different game changer. And Philadelphia hasn't really valued the position like that but i think when you get the chance to get a dynamic player you change what you want to do or you change your general rules for that player um look at their defense what do they need they need a linebacker they need a corner and it's you know they also need a receiver but i think they traded out of the first round with that third first round pick kind of knowing they're going to be able to get value at one of those spots um We've seen now top 20 buzz over the last couple of days for Walker. It sounds like he's going to go top 20, top 21. Um, it sounds like the, the Patriots would probably take him if they can get him. So I think that kind of sets the bar there. Philly, they just they need help in the middle. Like TJ Edwards doesn't do anything except for stop the run. Howie uh, just doesn't uh, value linebackers. I, I can't see the Eagles going yeah. linebacker in the first. That's my only – like I, he's a, like a great fit for them, but it's just not how the Eagles value linebackers. 
It's not. I just everyone said the same thing about Cleveland last year, and then they took JOK in the second. And it's right. like, what's the difference? You yeah. know, it's in this draft class, it might not be enough of a difference. Like, am I convicted that that's the pick? No. But if I could bet on it, I probably would because sometimes we all lean so much into the absolutes. And his history shows he doesn't believe in linebacker, but it's like, well, he's going to get a cost-effective linebacker for the next five years who might become, you know, Darius Leonard. So, you know, he might consider that. He might look at him and really love him. I think it just fits the, the unit, too. Like, that defense would be so much more fun with him in the middle of it. Yeah, than oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him to the pat. I, I think Patriots take either Devin Lloyd or Quay Walker, so yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, let's yeah. see. What other hot ones do I have? Uh, the commanders take either Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker in the second round and destroy all of oh. Gibson's fantasy value. Oh, that would suck so much for Gibson owners. <laughs> They've had, uh, the commanders, you know, weirdly have had like visits with all the top running backs. I don't think like, I don't think they're actually going to do it. I think they have bigger holes, but I would not be surprised at all. If in the second round, if, I mean, Kenneth Walker would be there. Brees Hall might at where they pick would not be surprised. I like it. Um, it is weird that they are meeting with so many people. And obviously, you know, the whole J.D. McKissick thing, uh, it's clear. I don't think they trust Antonio Gibson's body, body. I think that a lot of that points to this. They think he's more of like a uh, versatile piece they can use in a variety of roles. And they don't want to pay him when it comes time. And this yeah. is one of those decisions that you make a year early. Um, and even maybe you get a, an offer for him and then you're comfortable trading for trading him. And yeah, well, I think that's what's fair. weird is he was a receiver convert and he they don't play him they don't play him in the passing game like that. It's yeah. I understand that he isn't great at blitz pickup and everything, but that's just crazy. It's kind of like the Clyde Edwards Hilaire stuff. Like they just don't use their, right. their running back strengths. Yeah, his greatest strength coming out and you completely ignore it every single game. It's so weird. I I think he'd be a good trade candidate. Like you could I don't know, like every team has a running back, but like you can kind of fit him anywhere though too like if you use him like kareem hunt is used in cleveland i think you'd find a lot of success with him and it, he just might be a super efficient kind of super sub but that's okay i mean it just sucks for fancy owners because he's obviously talented enough to be a number one it's just for yeah when reason, went down he was that. averaging like 20 point 20 fantasy points a game and he was you know getting the really full effective. role but yeah. What's crazy is like he does have those injuries. He's got the toe stuff. He had those shin splints or the shin uh, fractures last year, but he came back from it. Like I did not think he was going to be able to last the whole season from that. So that kind of gave me you know a little more confidence in him. I hope we get to see him more in a big and like a, a healthy role this year. Yeah. Like just as like a a healthy usage, um, keep him healthy, and then maybe with Carson Wentz there, like maybe that will help feed him consistent passes to um, and opportunities. Cause yeah. If they I mean, actually take McKissick off the field on third down. Yeah. It's just bizarre. It's not because they didn't draft him. I don't think. No, I think it was the regime before that got him. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe they just don't fully trust him, but and, like McKissick's really good. So I get it, but like, yeah. Gibson's but then you're really going to add like too. Reese Hill. Yeah. You're going to yeah. add like Reese Hall there. It's like, wow. Like what happens then? Or Kenneth yeah. Walker, or really any well, of these. Well, if, if they go Kenneth Walker, then I think Walker and McKissick are like a really nice tandem because Walker doesn't catch passes. Yeah. But then you just have no use for Gibson, Gibson. at all. So, like you said, yeah. it's a year and ahead, but 
I don't know. Like you already have these guys set and you have way bigger holes if you're the commanders. So, but yeah, it would running, be, you know, be running back's like do. the one position you don't want to do that at. Like that. Yeah. You just plug in like a third round rookie every other year. You'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Any more uh, bold predictions on your end? I don't, I don't think so. Um, I mean, the only other one I could look at is maybe like Jamison Williams goes higher than what we think. Like maybe he goes seven or eight. Um, yeah, I, I could see. I think eight is definitely a possibility for Jameson Williams. Yeah, because like the late London stuff kind of makes me feel like, well, maybe that's just a you know kind of like a media thing. Maybe they're actually looking at Jameson Williams because to me that makes more sense. Like him and Pitts fit together perfectly, um, and they have the they have the ability to be patient with him. They could totally redshirt him if they wanted to this season if they if they really need you know whatever for whatever reason. Um, there's no pressure there to win, so. To me, I would take Williams, and I think that no matter what quarterback you get next year, he fits. Whereas if you take the big receiver who he gets separation, but he's a little bit more of like that trust back shoulder type of player. It's a little bit more specific to the to the quarterback. Yeah, I the only way it makes sense is if you kind of like obviously you use Drake London as a big slot, maybe like a hybrid tight end, and then you you do kind of go the like the Shanahan route where are they running or passing on these plays all the time and you just go more condensed but i would yeah. they need they need some speed and everything open up the underneath four pits but um we'll see what they do there let's see i got two more bold predictions for you jimmy okay. g and baker mayfield don't get traded during draft weekend is that bold I, I think that's more likely but i think it is a little bold especially for baker um looking at like the josh rosen trade josh rosen trade happened after friday night um when he was traded. And I think that could be the expectation for Baker is like when we hit Saturday, maybe a deal happens with Baker because then Cleveland can clearly say, okay, we didn't get our 2022 pick. Give us a fourth round pick in 2023. We'll eat half the salary. Um, yeah. This seems, this seems like the most likely time for Baker to get traded or he doesn't get traded at all. I think he either gets traded this weekend or he gets cut. And it's funny because actually reading Michael Silver's tweets, I think it was last night, he was kind of saying, like, if and when Baker's cut. And I was like, wow, if and when? Like, that's surprising, like, that's surprisingly strong language, considering there should be some interest in him. I mean, Cleveland could eat $15 million of that salary and still come out ahead. You'd think um, they, would, they can get, like, a conditional late rounder if they eat half the money or you know 10 million of it 15 million of it whatever it is you think they'd I mean, be they might as well some kind. yeah yeah because like the offsetting money is only going to be like a million bucks or two million bucks so they might as well pay for the draft pick and yeah as opposed I, to I'm nothing I, I don't yeah. i just don't see a non-trade the only reason yeah, i would I think... see that is if carolina absolutely does not want him seattle absolutely does not want him and then yeah you're probably but they don't owe him a game check until week one so yeah. maybe you just keep him away uh, this whole off season and you just wait till an injury. I think that's, yeah. I think they're going to be fine to do that. I don't think they need to force this at all. Jimmy, Jimmy G. I think they just, yeah, I think they're kind of stuck with him for the time being. Yeah. Cause the shoulder, like no one wants to yeah. trade for a guy that they, they can't see throw. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that Baker. What'll be interesting is say the Steelers don't come away with Malik Willis or quarterback in the first two rounds. Then the Baker watches on because if, if the Browns cut him, he's signing with the Steelers the next day. Right. And that's, I think Cleveland should be very motivated to keep that from happening. Exactly. 
I mean, or depending how much they dislike him, maybe they, that's what they ultimately want. They get to play him twice a year. But I, I'm with you. I don't think they want that to happen. I just don't think you can chance it. Like I, you know, I'm not a Baker guy. Um, but at the but same still time, he's not pay, bad. You know, he's not bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not bad. I just don't think he's great. And the bar has changed since he entered the league. That's he's part still of a it. top twenty quarterback. Like he's not perfect. Right. He he can't read defenses, but he's still better than a lot of what these teams are going to trot out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Tennessee would be interesting, too, if they signed him. That would be fun. I would I would like that one. He kind of fits that whole mentality they have there, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I also think the Lions, well. like, if the Lions yeah. come away with the quarterback, I think the Lions make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, sure. last bold prediction. Three safeties go in the first round. Kyle Hamilton, Dax Hill, Lewis Seen. And Hamilton does not go in the top ten. I like that a lot. I like that a lot because scene definitely fits for like Tampa Bay. Uh, I've seen him mock to Kansas the Lions City. at 32 a lot. Yeah, Kansas City makes a lot of yep. sense. So that gives you three solid options. And um, he's even awesome. Dallas. Like, he yeah, he's just an amazing safety to watch. Like I saw uh, one report that some teams have him as the number one safety. I believe it. Yeah, because I mean that. I mean, I, I really think Dallas is probably the start of his kind of range. Um, definitely think Dax Hill too. Dax Hill's really good. He, yeah, he's a guy like every time I do a mock draft, I'm like, I should be fitting him 10 spots earlier. Uh, he's I think he's he'd be over uh, Hamilton for me, um, just barely. But I think Hamilton would be fun to um, kind of like Patriots, kind of like those type of defenses. Uh, yeah. He'll probably Patriots love drafting player. Michigan players. Yep. Big, yep. Especially look at the places that like big schools, too. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of well, places that will only usually draft like the, the blue blood programs. Yeah, I do think Hill's going to go higher than people think. I could see him in the top 20, like the the Eagles' second first-rounder. I could see the Buffalo taking him just because he could be he could play corner. Like, a lot of teams could be seeing him as a, cor- a safety-to-corner convert, and yep. uh, that'll push him up. Yep. Yep, I see. I think that, too. I like that, too. That's a really good one. Yeah. Because I, as originally I thought it was going to be, like, Jaquan Brisker – yeah, it's the next I like safety, but, a lot too. but it's clear that Cena has, has overtaken him, yeah. which is I, I think, fair. Yeah, I think Petrie and Brisker are two really fun second round safeties. Yeah, I think I like them. I even like um, Barone McKinley in like the middle I like, rounds. I know he tested he tested horribly at the uh, at the combine, but I don't really care. He was really yeah. good on the field, and I think at some point you take that risk. Yeah, who are the Bubba other Bolden safeties? too? Yeah, I, I remember you telling me you like Bubba Bolden. Uh, the safeties I like, uh, I like Kirby Joseph and Nick Cross a lot. Kirby, jo- yeah, Kirby Joseph, yeah, he was like PFF's number one guy. Um, yeah, he's a guy I like mean, third I like round. Safeties. He's going to be a steal in the third round. Yeah, safeties. This is such a good time to get safeties. Like they're always undervalued. Um, the bar to be a decent safety is not super high. Um, yeah, finding guys with like just really solid skill sets, they should be starters for at least like. A solid contract. Yeah, I really want. I'm really rooting for Smoke Monday because he's got a great name, and it'd just be cool for him to be a good player. I think someone was. I can't remember. Someone said that they were like, "You need to combine Sauce Gardner and Smoke Monday." Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's just like so good. All right. Well, that's uh, that's our bold predictions. Let's open it up to questions. Uh, if Ryan has any questions, he asked us some good questions last week. We'll see if he has any this week. All right. Ryan, you're on the air. 
Uh, what's up, guys? Um, hey. Let's see. What was I going to ask? And I just totally forgot because I'm also cooking at the same time. Um, <laughs> shoot. Um, let me get back to you one second. Sorry. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts, Ian, while he comes up with yeah. this question? It's going to be a crazy draft. Um, I think Houston holds the key at three. Um, we'll see another shift at six with Carolina. Um, and then the bottom of the, for the bottom of the top 10 to someone trade out to Pittsburgh for Malik Willis. I think those are the three storylines of the early part of the draft um, that I'll be watching probably by the end of the teens. How many of those teams with multiple first round picks have made those picks or have they traded down again? Um, I think we'll see potentially a couple of those teams trade. Um, and then end of the first round. Does anyone get in that second or third quarterback? Does this become a more than one quarterback first round? I, I would probably lean toward yes. I wouldn't personally, but I would guess that there will be a second quarterback. Yeah, I think two. Trying go. to find I where. Two go. Yeah, I, maybe I even three. Another bold, uh, Yeah, I think two to three go. Uh, I came up with one more bold prediction. Now that you're just talking about Malik Willis, the Steelers trade up to seven with the Giants to take Malik Willis. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, as as much as I would like the Giants to get two premier prospects, they need picks. I mean, it, yeah, I think they, they want to pick up a, a 23 first, especially because yeah. they're kind of in the same boat as the Eagles, where next year's draft class at quarterback is better, and they could have two firsts and be bad and position themselves for one of those quarterbacks. Yep. I mean, they're Daniel Jones injury away from being like horrible again. I mean, and not, maybe not they, even. They, they might be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Depending, I have a little bit of faith, and like I don't like Daniel Jones, but like I do think Dave Ball will probably get him to closer to average. Um, yeah, I agree. So, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see too. Like, do they trade James Bradbury? Like, what do they do there? I think they almost have to, because um, they I need to open up cap if space. If he's cut too, and if he gets cut, there's going to be a nice little bidding war for him. Yeah, he'd be a really solid pickup. Like every veteran team should be interested in him. Cincinnati, yeah. Kansas City. Same teams as always. I mean, obviously, Buffalo is the easiest fit. Um, yeah. Former Panthers, I would so be of course he's going to go there. Would not be surprised if the Eagles or Cowboys go after him to keep him in the yep. uh, NFC East. Yep. He makes, I mean, he's a good player. He's still a good player, even though he's, I think he's 30, 29 or about to turn 30. So he's kind of, you know, yeah, I think he'd be worth like a fifth round pick to trade for him. It's just teams just don't want to pay a salary, which I don't blame them. But at the same time, if I was a GM, I'd be like the Rams. I'd just be like, screw these kids. Like, I just want, yeah. like, solid sal- players. He's got a pretty good salary for a good corner, too. Um, yeah. It's just, like, a one-year deal. I mean, you can always extend him, but... Yeah, I think teams just know that they're going to cut him, or... Exactly. Yeah. They're going to bank yeah. on that. Maybe a seventh-round yeah. swap or something. I mean, I would even, if I was a team, I would potentially look into trading for Kenny Gall- Galladay, too, kind of buy low on him. Um, I've heard some good stuff from about Galladay this offseason, so I actually think he sticks, like, especially with uh, it sounds like they're shopping Tony and uh, Slayton. So it could be – Galladay could be their number one receiver. Tony would be really interesting if he's really available. If I'm the Chiefs, I give up a oh, second. Yeah, if I'm the Browns. Yeah, if um, I'm one of these contenders, like, you can't trust the guy, but a second, and he's already had a lot of his money paid out, yeah. and, you know, he's just kind of a luxury, I would do that. And you kind of mentioned it, too. Like, there is a big drop um, at receiver after these top – couple guys like six guys and like even sky Moore. it's like i think sky Moore is clearly not as good as Kadarius tony so 
Like, I would happily take that gamble. Yeah, I think, yeah, after the top eight, for me, there's a drop-off. So after, yeah. like, the Dotson, Skymore, George Pickens, like, depending how you feel about Christian Watson, I'm not a huge right. Watson guy, so he's in that no. next tier. Then Someone it's like had a really Alex... good comp with, like, Miles Boykin to him, and I was like, yeah. wow, like, that's exactly, like, I couldn't put a finger on it, but I was like, that's who I was thinking of. He can't play, yeah. he doesn't know how to play football. Great athlete, doesn't yeah. know how to play football. And he might, he yeah. might learn. But I, he, he reminds I me of Michael Hardman, where he just yeah. Yeah, doesn't know how to play, he's an athlete who doesn't know how to play receiver. Yep. Yeah, and so after that, it's like Alex Pierce, Wandale Robinson, David Bell, Khalil Shakir, Calvin Austin, Jalen Tolbert, John Mechie. Like those, those are all. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd take any of those guys in the second. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Uh, Ryan, did you come up with your question? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I think you guys kind of went over the. Jets and Giants a little bit, but since those teams have just been so bad in New York, um, do you see this draft putting one of those teams over the top, if at all? And then who would just be the most improved after this draft, Jets or Giants? I think it's got to be the Jets. Like, they're not in a completely winnable division just because of the Bills, but they could easily become the second-best team. They have four picks in the top 38. Um I don't think they're that far away on offense. It really all depends on Zach Wilson, but I like Zach Wilson more than Danny Dimes too. And the Giants, they're just a year behind the Jets in their whole process. They, the Jets last year brought in the new uh, coach. The Giants now are bringing in new everybody. So uh, I would say I, I like the Giants. I mean, the, roster, the Giants roster isn't terrible. The defense isn't great, but uh, I still think the Jets are going to be more improved uh, after this. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, I think I have to agree. Um, it just kind of depends. Like, I love the Giants' positioning more, um, but I think you're right. I think a trade down is probably beneficial for them. It, it just depends on who's on the board. Like, if they take, you know, they take a tackle and then they take an edge rusher, it's like, it's not super sexy, but it helps the team a lot. You just might not get the results until a year or two from now. So... Long-term, it's probably more helpful, you know, but if they take that trade, potentially, especially for seven, and especially if, you know, Pittsburgh is not very good next year and they end up getting ammo to get a really good quarterback or, you know, Jones turns into a stud, that probably helps them longer, you know, as, as far as long-term. I think the Jets have more of a an opportunity to miss on 10, too. I think that's part of it. They're, they're right on the cusp of not getting a premier talent in this draft at 10. They also might get the chance at two, two or three. Uh, it's just that volatile at the corner position, that volatile at the edge rusher position, where if that run happens right before them, that would really suck, and they might have to take a tier two player as opposed to, like, really hitting uh, on both of those picks. Yeah, I, they'd take a receiver, I think, if they missed out on any, yeah, on, like, a Jermaine Johnson or anything. But the one argument for the Giants is that division is so winnable. Like, the Cowboys are worse. Yeah. Now, uh, Washington, I mean, no one believes in Wentz. The Eagles, not really sure. Like, they could make a jump, especially with uh, the amount of picks they have, but it still seems like they're more in the rebuilding stage. So, you know, if they switch divisions, I would feel much better about the Jets winning the NFC East, but uh, that's really the one argument for the Giants, I'd say. And I don't think that their roster is that bad. Like, they had a ton of injuries last year. They have some young guys. It, with the right additions and if coaching is that good, I mean, like you said, like they have a reasonable path to at least be like pretty confident. Like, can they be a 
team like Detroit who wins more games than you, I mean, not winning four games all year, but like, can they over exceed expectations um, just based off of like really good coaching and staying healthy? Like, yeah, I think that's a decent pathway for them. Yeah, and they'll probably win two or three more games just from coaching alone because Dable right. and like that coaching staff is legit. Like, that is a really good coaching staff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really think they need a corner, especially in Wayne Martindale's defense. Like, they need cover corner. So, I think they have to come away with either Sauce or Stingley. But if they trade seven, that's, I think that's going to be a really interesting decision for them. Like, would we rather have Sauce or this player and a first rounder next year, you know? So that's what it comes down to. Uh, Ryan, any more questions? Think you're on mute? If you do, or maybe you're you're eating now. No, uh, no, sorry. Uh, you guys are doing great. I appreciate the uh, questions, and uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap up the episode there then. Um, We'll be back uh, next week with our, you know, winners and losers of this draft. Uh, hope you guys uh, make some bets with these prop bets and win some money. Uh, you can follow me at Casually Ginger. Uh, Ian, anything you want to plug before we sign off? I don't think so. Just had a piece on, like, every team's biggest uh, need for Bleacher Report from today. That's about it. Um, pretty much I'll probably have some wrap-up stuff over the next couple of weeks at NFL Film Study on Twitter, but that's about it. Cool. Thanks for joining me today, Ian, and thanks for to everybody for listening. Have a great day and enjoy the draft. Bye, everybody.